0: Glory, glory, glory. Well, you can have a seat there. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, musicians. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, music team. Thank you. Thank you for everybody helping, volunteering. Thank you. You guys do a great job. Well, let's go to the Bible, shall we? Let's go to the Word of God. What a pleasure to be able to open up our Bibles. You'll not find this on CNN. You won't find it there. One day you'll realize that. You won't find it on Facebook. One day you'll figure that out. I don't know why we go back and look there all the time as if we're going to find something. You get me? Oh, don't, don't look at me with that, that dirty look. There. I said, Facebook, I don't know why we keep going there as if there's something there for us. All there is there is a new friend that you don't want to have. Right, get quiet if you want to, but I'm just telling you, this stuff going, being around the Word of God is the best thing going. And a lot of that other stuff, just flat out a waste of your time. Can I, can I meddle? Can I step on your toes for just a minute? Yeah. All right. I, I saw you wear, wore steel-toed shoes tonight. All right. Now, I just want to say this. Uh, you know, it's no wonder that we are not stronger in faith when you look at how we spend our time. Can we, can we be real here for just a minute? It's no wonder that we, all of us, are not stronger in faith when you look at how we really use our time and where we really put our attention. Can I get an amen across the room? I mean, when you, when you just kind of like do the Bible like part-time, you're not going to get much results out of it. So I'm just letting you know, I mean, if you're just going to like try the Bible, it's not going to work. You don't try the Word. The Word tries you, and it's, it proves what's in you and whether or not you're going to go with the Word or not. So I just, I just wanted to say that... Um, we might want to really consider how we're spending our time. Can't come on, why so sad? Why, uh, shouldn't we? I mean, shouldn't we? Why, why you guys are like... Am I right or am I... I mean, that, I mean, come on here. Do I got a kingdom group of believers here? Yes? I mean, I, I'm just saying, you know, in the last days, you're not going to part-time the Word of God and live in victory. I'm just telling you the reality of it. I mean, there's a real warfare out there. And um, uh, the devil doesn't play nice. And you need to know what you're doing. And you got to have living faith working on the inside of you. You can't have yesterday's faith or stale faith or I went to Bible school two years ago faith or anything like that. You've got to have living faith working on the inside of you. And you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm just telling you. I'm just here to tell you the truth, right? So, um, anyway, I, I'm not sure I want to do this. I mean, I mean, really, I think I want to pack up and go home tonight. Cause you guys are not helping. Am I right about it? Why, why are you sitting there like you're like you're shy? Like I mean, I want a rowdy amen from somebody. I mean, seriously, because otherwise I'm not going to do this. I mean, when, when I go out of my way to tell you something that's really true, then you guys don't look at me like suspicious. <laughs> I'm serious. It's, you know what it is? It's just disrespectful. I'm telling you the truth. It's disrespectful. And what it is, it's that you're playing with the things of God. I mean, if I'm anointed and you pray that I'm anointed and I get something like that, then, then listen up. And don't play with it. All right? <laughs> I'm not upset with anybody, but I don't really like the response. It's not a, it's not a healthy response. It's a very Filipino response. And, and what we need, if you're going to operate successfully in the kingdom, Filipino won't get it done, friends. Kingdom gets it done. And, and when in kingdom, when you see something, you say, ah, that's it. And I know it goes cross with your culture, but uh, you'll walk around and be religious and defeated if you just hang on to your culture here, right? God's called us out of every nation, out of every nation of people unto Himself. So He's called us out of the nations to be part of the holy nation a sanctified, set-apart people, a new creation, people that are totally different, a kingdom people, but we can't hold on to these earthly tags and these earthly identities. Amen? All right. I guess I'll go forward, but uh, it doesn't... It's not a whole lot of fun when you guys do that. Go back to Romans chapter 3 again. Romans, the third chapter. And last night we were talking, of course, about... Faith in the blood of Jesus. So let's go back here, Romans chapter 3 and uh, verse 21, but we'll go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for equipping us. Thank you for training us. Thank you for loving us with the word and with truth that makes us free and helps us and builds us up. We thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen Amen and amen. All right, Romans chapter 3. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. How many of you know I'm not here? I'm not here of my own free will. I believe I'm here because I came here a long time ago because the Lord sent me. So, if that's true, then um, you might want to pay attention. That's all I want to say about that. Okay, Romans chapter 3. Uh, Verse 21, it says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Anybody here have faith in Jesus? Yeah, we have faith in Jesus, right? But again, back to verse 25 here, he mentions... Um, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith, or as the King James Version says, through faith in His blood. So last night we were talking about having faith in the blood of Jesus, and you'll remember we said to you that when we talk about faith, we're talking about something that you say or something that you do based upon what you believe. So to have faith in the blood of Jesus, it means it's going to change what I say and what I do based upon Information I receive that causes me to believe something about the blood of Jesus. And then it ends up being very, very practical or something that we can actually use. Right? So um, tonight I want to go on a little bit further and I want to talk about possessing your inheritance by faith. Possessing your inheritance by faith, by faith, by faith. So now we know better what it means to live by faith. Simply to live by faith, let me just boil it down as far as I can go. To, to live by faith basically means to live by what God says. Well, I want to live by faith. Well, that means you live by what He says. And it affects what you say and affects what you do. But what you say or what you do is now based upon what He says. That's living by faith. Everybody understand that? So if I live by faith, then I search the Bible, and so now I have new information, I have a new information source, the Bible is my information source, and so if I live by faith, I'm living by what the Bible says. That's living by faith. So you you see then that you can't, somebody couldn't live by faith without the Bible. It's impossible to live by faith without having other information, right? Right? So to live by faith is to have additional information to what the world has. It's to have Bible information so that you can now talk and walk in line with Bible information. That's living by faith. Amen. And every one of us here can live by faith as we hear and we get Bible truth or Bible information. So possessing your inheritance by faith. What's that mean, possessing it by faith? That means you're going to possess it by having some information that everybody else doesn't have. Possessing it by faith or having having Bible information. So last night we talked about uh, the blood of Jesus. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1 as the purchase price of our redemption. Colossians 1 and let's begin reading here again in verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father, yep, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, I want to stop here for just a second because I'm reminded of um, a series I did some time back or a teaching I did some time back, and it was entitled this. Some of you might remember, Qualified to Partake, Worthy to Receive. And even though we're qualified to partake, it doesn't mean that we're worthy to receive. Jesus qualified us all to partake, but our worthiness to receive depends upon how we honor what he's given us. Because we're all qualified to partake, but what if we say, oh, that Word of God stuff? Nah, 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 nah. Well, of course, you have just judged yourself unworthy to, part- to receive. God qualified you, but through, through your response to what He's given you, you, He didn't judge you, you judged yourself unworthy. And that's how it is with the call of God too, you know. Uh, God calls people, but a lot of people judge themselves unworthy of the call just because they blow it off. God didn't say they're unworthy. They judged themselves unworthy by the way they treated what He was freely giving. He already qualified them, right? God can fix our mistakes, but what He can't deal with is He can't deal with unwillingness and He can't deal with dishonor other than to teach us about how to be willing or teach us about honor. But um, if we don't honor the things of God, then uh, we'll not partake of them. And that's why I would get on your case a little about the way you respond to words that I give you. That's why I would get on your case a little bit because, you know, you're, you're judging yourself uh, 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 unworthy of more. And that's why I even check my heart if I'm even supposed to go on when people respond that way. Because even the Lord Himself said, don't give holy things, things that are precious and really valuable Don't give those things to the swine. He wasn't calling people pigs. He was was making a reference to the reality that pigs, they don't appreciate pearls. Right? I mean, a pig doesn't know the difference between uh, um, a pearl and uh, a marble. He wouldn't know the difference. Either way, he's going to probably try to eat it or roll around on top of it. So um, anyway, I'm saying, you know, even though uh, all of this is available to us, uh, our response is very, very important and how we honor things. And um, and here's the other thing. You can't fake a response. You can't poker face the Lord. You can poker face me some of the time, not very often. No, you you can poke. You might be able to pull one over on me, but you can't fool the Lord. Because he looks right down, right down in the heart. And the other thing I've learned about the Lord is with the Lord, when you put the brakes on, hey, oh, I don't want to go any farther. You know, the Lord won't, he won't grab you by the ear and pull you out. That's why we learn to use our will to say, I'm going forward. He's not going to force you. He looks right into the heart, and when he sees your heels are dug in, you know what? He won't bother you about it. I said, he won't bother you about it. Why? Because he loves you, and love will respect your choice of boundary. And if you say this is, if a person says this is as far as I want to go, then the Lord will say, that's as far as they want to go. I love them enough to respect their choice. God loves people enough to respect their choice to choose hell. Even though it's not His will that they go to hell, if a man wants to choose to reject Jesus and go to hell, the Lord loves him enough not to force him against His will. Our will is a, is a powerful thing. Learn to use your will to do the will of God. Learn to use your will to do the will of God. There are times you won't feel like doing the will of God, but that's when you say, hey, you know what? I will to do the will of God. And whatever I'm short of, Lord, whatever I'm short on, you'll make up the difference, but I will to do your will. So let's go back. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of Of the inheritance of the saints in the light, right? So the inheritance of the saints, where is it? It's in the light. It's not in the dark. It's not on the news report. It's not on Facebook. It's not online. Where is it? It's in the light. The Bible says the entrance of his word, when the word comes and it finds entrance in your heart, it gives light. So you're not going to find your inheritance without the word of God, you're not going to find your inheritance just because you go to church. You're going to have to start to get your nose and put your nose down in the middle of the book and search out for yourself. Right? The Lord doesn't move just because you get excited. He doesn't move just because you get excited at church because everybody else is excited. Right? Too often times, we're we're almost just like performers in church. And we just feel like we need to perform for everybody else because that's what everybody else is doing. But the Lord he looks right beyond that and he he sees down into your heart. Amen. So I want to encourage you use your will and go for it. Go for the plan of God. Go for the things of God. Use your will and use your words. All right. So back to verse 12 again giving we may get to verse 13 tonight before the night's <laughs> over. We might. We might but we might not. <laughs> giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers, right? So God wants all of us to participate. And we're qualified to participate. We're qualified to participate in healing. We're qualified to participate in the plan of God. We're qualified to participate and partake of the Holy Ghost. We're qualified to participate and partake of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We're qualified to participate and partake of supply and abundance and provision from the Lord. Amen? We're qualified to partake and to participate. Why? Because the Father has qualified us. So how did He qualify us? Well, He qualified us through redemption, through the work of Jesus on the cross. But I think it's interesting because it doesn't say Jesus qualified us. It says giving thanks to the Father Who qualified us. So how did the Father qualify us to partake? Hold your place right there. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It says, for he made him. So who's the he? Is he Jesus there? No, because him is Jesus there. So it's not talking about the same person here. It's not talking about the same person in the Godhead different. He, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become or that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So how did he qualify us? He qualified us by taking all of our sin and putting it on the sinless one. So Jesus bore all of our sin, all of our curse, all of our iniquity, and he paid the penalty for that. And he suffered for that, and he went to hell for that. And then he, he rose from the dead that we might be justified. And so when you make Jesus as your Lord, you get the reward of his victory. Yes. And you are made, you are made, you become the righteousness of God in him. So all of your sin was put on him, and in exchange, we get his righteousness. Or we could say it this way, his rightness or his rightness with the Father, his right standing with the Father. And because we have right standing with the Father now, because Jesus took our sin on the cross, because we have right standing with the Father now, now we have rights. We're qualified. We're qualified. We have rights because God is now our Father, and we're right with him. We're right with him through the work of his son who knew no sin. He was made to be sin for us that we, in exchange, might be made right with God. And so when you're right with God, then you can be bold to partake. Recently, I visited my parents. And when I visited my parents, well, my father and I, my parents and I, were are in, in good relationship with one another. And because we're in good relationship, I never asked them if I can open the refrigerator door and eat something. That'd be stupid, wouldn't it? Why? Because I'm in good I'm in right standing with them, I'm in good relationship with them. So why why does religion make us so stupid? Because that's what religion will do. Religion will dumb you down and make you stupid. And you you think you need to cry. You know, it's like, Daddy, Daddy, can I open the refrigerator? I'm really hungry. If you're hungry, then my dad would say, What's wrong with you, boy? We'd take you to the hospital. Get your head examined. You're sick in the mind. You're sick in the head. No, because what? If you're hungry, if you need something, if you want something, all that my Father has is mine. I can open the door for myself, and what can I do? I can partake. What are we talking about? We're talking about possessing or partaking of your inheritance by faith. So you can see why we give thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father, verse 12, who has qualified us... To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. All right? so let's talk about our inheritance for just a minute. Go over to First Peter, we'll come back here, go to First Peter chapter one. Inheritance. Now the cool thing about an inheritance, you know this about an inheritance. An inheritance is not in effect until the person who wrote the inheritance dies. Right? So Jesus died and He gave us an inheritance, but then He rose again from the dead, and now He is making sure we get everything in our inheritance. That's what He's doing now at the right hand of the Father. That's not a fairy tale. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. We're raised up and seated together with Him, and the Bible says He's now the surety of a better covenant, and He's now the mediator of the better covenant. And uh, Jeremiah says this: that he watches over his word to perform it and to fulfill it. First Peter chapter one. I, I pray that this message is putting boldness in you, putting boldness in you to be a be a possessor, and not be so whiny. Not be so whiny, complain, fleshy. Well, I don't know. I'm trying, and I did that. No, 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 no. Put your nose in the book. Use the blood of Jesus use your will that's the message tonight use your will and use your words and possess that which is yours don't stand by the side of the road like a beggar like a hitchhiker looking for a ride you know God's already got a plan get on the plan of God express get on the plan of God train get on that bus use your will to get on the plan of God Use your will and use your words and say, Lord, I will to do your will. Now I'm asking you and I'm demanding of you in the name of Jesus, according to Colossians 1, fill me with the knowledge of your will. I will not live without it. Fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then use your words and say, I am filled with the knowledge of the will of God and I am doing the will of God for my life. And as I say that, I see some of you kind of close your eyes like, yeah, I hope so. No, not I hope so. Not I hope so. No, 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 no. no. You got to decide where you're going to go and then go there. That's what you got to do. Decide where you're going to go and then go there. That's why all this, all this stuff that I'm dealing with where you act like, well, we don't know what he just said and we don't know if it's really true or not, that's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of, you're fooling yourself. Because if you're going to be successful in the kingdom of God, you've got to acknowledge what you see and say, I'm going there. <laughs> and if you're going to get anywhere in the kingdom of God, you can't act like you don't see when you do see. Because when you do that, you deceive yourself and you trick yourself. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, boy, 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 I see how different the kingdom is than where we live. It's different. A lot of times our cultures, they're just rooted in the world. And how many of you know if it's rooted in the world, it's rooted in Satan? That's true. Any culture that doesn't have roots and foundations from the Word of God, it's going to be rooted in Satan. And what's the Bible say? Don't conform to the world, and don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. All right, I'm not even going to ask if I have any friends here because I already know I don't. All right. right. All right, verse right. I'm over that. I got over it. Okay. Verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. What's that begotten us again? Born again. Yeah. New birth. That's when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. So how many of you know when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you didn't say well, Lord, you know, I think I'm going to get saved, and I'm not really sure. No, you, you knew what you wanted, and you went there. Yes. And you got it. Yes. According to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us again, new birth, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, inheritance, there's that word, inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled doesn't fade away. Where is it? It's reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, how? Through faith, for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. All right. So, um, go back to Colossians chapter 1, and let's read on. Verse 12 again, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of of the saints, where? In the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now, why is verse 13 significant? Why would we have to be delivered from the power or the authority of darkness? Because of what Adam did, we were all born into the earth under the authority of darkness. And the, the scripture teaches us about that, and you don't have to turn there, but I will. First John chapter five, if you're really speedy, you can go there. First John chapter five and verse 18, it says that we know that whoever is born of God, that's us does not sin, but he who has born, been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one doesn't touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway, or some translations say, lie under the influence of the wicked one right so all in the world that are not born again whether they know it or not they're under the sway and in the influence of the devil you can teach them how to be socially acceptable you can educate them you can even teach them how to be nice and how to be polite and how to be moral and all of that but they're still under the sway and influence of the devil you can't socially reform a child of the devil They need to be reborn, change families. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees? He said, you're of your father, the devil. They were religious, but he said, your father is the devil. So when we get born again, then God becomes our father, right? Everybody born on the planet is part of the creation of God, but not everybody born on the planet is part of the family of God. If you want to be part of the family of God, then you have to be reborn, And what's so cool about it is, and this is preaching to me right now too, what's so cool about it, you and I have the keys through the sharing and the preaching of the gospel. And the Bible says that, that God has ordained, this is his ordained method, that it's through this foolish thing called preaching that he's ordained for men to be saved. So it may be, seem foolish to share the gospel or share your faith or share about Jesus with somebody, but this is God's ordained foolish method by which the world should be saved. Through preaching, through sharing the word of God, through telling somebody else what Jesus has done for them. Isn't it powerful? Imagine what a blessed trust we've been entrusted with. The ministry of reconciliation. Let's look at it for just a minute. We'll get back to Colossians in just a minute. Go over to 2 Corinthians 5. We were just there, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, right? So so no longer just Filipino, no longer just American, no longer Korean, no longer South African, no longer Nigerian, no what, new creation. Are you with me? new creation. New cre- you know what new creation means? New creation. Something completely different, something totally different. He called us out of every kindred, called us out of every tribe, called us out, out, out of every nation, called us out. And if we don't come out, then we're going to go down with the world, right? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, right? So this is our ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. Wow, you didn't know you had a ministry, did you? Yeah, we have a ministry. This is our ministry. This is the ministry of every believer. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And notice this, He's committed to us. He's committed to us. To who? Not to angels, but to who? To the fivefold ministry? No, not to the fivefold ministry. Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, to all the believers in Corinth. He's committed to us, committed to all the believers, the word of reconciliation. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for reminding us about that. Committed to us, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were what? Pleading through us, right? So God is pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. All right, back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has… Don't you love the Word of God? Isn't it powerful? It's yummy, good. You know, some things are better if you, if you chew them. If something is really good, you know, you don't just put it in your mouth and swallow it whole, do you? If it's really good, you want to chew on it. If I get a... I don't eat candy that much, but if I get a good piece of candy that I really like, you know what I do? I just tuck it up on the roof of my mouth, and I see how long I can make it last up there. I know how you do. You just put the whole bag in your mouth. I know. I know. I know. All right. Giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance, of the saints in the light. He has delivered us. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you are delivered? Aren't you glad you're not seeking deliverance? You're not seeking deliverance. You're not trying to get delivered. You can go right to the word of God, Colossians chapter one, verse 13, and you can praise God and stand in his presence and rejoice and give thanks. Why? Not begging, but thanking God because you are delivered this is a great declaration. This is a great thing to declare. This is a great thing to say. Thank God. It's a great thing to affirm and acknowledge that the Father has delivered me from the dominion of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of His dear Son. So we've had a change of address. We are delivered. We are redeemed. We have been bought back. We have been raised up with Christ and made to sit together with him in the heavenly places where far above principality, power, might, dominion in every name that's named. Not only in this age, but also in the world which is to come. Forever redeemed, eternal redeemed, eternally victorious. Yes, we are. But if we're going to walk in victory, our yes has got to be yes. And our no has got to be no. No. And we can't act like we're confused. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And anything else comes from the evil one. So in the kingdom, we learn what to say yes to and we learn what to say no to. And our word is the final word. And to make no choice, you're putting yourself in the hands of the enemy. And you think you're playing it safe. You're not. You're on his territory already. All right, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. All right, so the blood of Jesus is the purchase price of our redemption, all right? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. We need a lot of teaching, don't we, in the, in the church, in the body of Christ? We need a lot of teaching you know, I'm so glad that you guys can receive teaching. You, you go some places, people can't sit still long enough to be taught. And people have uh, attention deficit disorder. And I'm not joking. Even adults have it. And the reason adults have it is too much cell phone. Sure, sure. Too much. Listen, think about it. To sit there and process you know, image after image after image and after, after image after image after image after image after image, and, and do that all day, you, you'll, you'll trend towards ADD. You can hardly sit still and listen to something when you do that. Thank God for the mercy of God. But we just need to be aware of what we're subjecting ourselves to. And then, I mean, to think that even adults, I mean, it's bad enough, the kids do it, but even adults play... Play games on their phone, and then, and then you wonder why you—you you wonder why you, you walk like that. Why, why? Why are you walking like that? I don't know. Why? I mean, wonder why you can't sit still and pay attention, to actually receive words. Right? I'm just saying. Let's let's just be mindful. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we, right? We don't want to do anything for hours. How many of you know that's not okay? Ours. Do do what you want. I'm not going to follow you home, okay? I promise you that. And if I can help it, this will be the last time I ever mention it. I can... But like the Apostle Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I'm not going to be brought under the control of any. And... uh, so Facebook might be lawful but you don't want to be in bondage to it. So you, you try try this and find out how you do for a day. Try to go a day without it. I mean just try. Just try. See how you do. That that would tell, wouldn't that tell? Oh boy, now we're really getting personal. I'm just saying just I'm just saying just try it for a day and see see how you do for a day. I mean Oh, that's no big deal. What he's saying is not true. Oh, lay it aside for a day. See how you do. Set aside Candy Crush for a day. See how you do. I'm just saying, I mean, we don't want to be addicted to anything but the Word of God. It's true. And I found this. You can develop an addiction to the Word. You can develop a severe addiction to it with no bad side effects, only life-producing, only peace-producing. You can actually get to where you've got to have your fix. And you almost get a little bit irritable if you can't get in the Word a little bit. Some people, you know, like, they need coffee in the morning or whatever. We need to get to where, like, we need Word in the morning. I just woke up. Uh, don't look at me yet. I need word right now. I mean, word, word. Let's let's get wh- why not? Let's get addicted to the word. Yes. Let's go. Let's go overboard. Let's lose our minds and get the mind of Christ. Yes. Let's do this thing. Let's consider what we're playing in the house all the time. I'm just saying. Let's consider it. Let's consider playing something else. I mean, there's no excuse not to have the Word of God in your house. Well, pardon me, unless it's not your house, and that's a problem. And that's another problem. People need to believe God to have their own houses instead of living on top of each other. That's another place where the devil has has, uh, slipped into the culture. Everybody lives on top of each other. No, especially if you get married, you need to have your own house not live with mom and dad. Amen to that. Because whether you like it or not, if you live with mom and dad, and this is the truth, you are subject to their rules in the house. And you should follow them in the house because that is their house. So get your own house and have your own rules. And then once you get your own house, guard it and protect it. And don't let every scavenger in the family in there, all right? All right, all right. I know we're going cross-culture tonight. I mean, this is cross-cultural road trip night tonight. Do what you, do what you want, but it's your life. I'm just telling you, if you want the Word of God to yield results in your life, you're going to have to start making some of these choices. You can't you can't live halfway and try to hold on to all these things and then think the word of God's going to be powerful in your life. It's not going to be, right? Hoo-wee. Shot and die. where are we? What was I t- was I talking about something or? Yeah, we never got there. What was I talking about before that? Facebook, Candy Crush, what? Get your own house. But let's really look at our, I know, let's look at our lifestyle. Let's look at what's playing in the house. I mean, guys, nowadays, if you have control of your own environment, I mean, go on the internet, BVOVN, Believer's Voice of Victory Network. It just plays faith programs, good programs, 24 hours a day. And turn some of that other stuff off. Try half and half for a while. Well, our kids, they just don't like it. They're your kids. Those are your rules. Play what you want to play in your house. That's the truth. Don't let your kids terrorize you. You're in charge. And the reason you're in charge is for their benefit. Right? Don't let the kids run the house. Right? They'll, and you know what? Whatever you play, they'll develop an appetite for it. They don't, they don't know. It's like, the spoiled, it's like the spoiled kid. You know, I knew a kid one time and the, all his mother gave him was that chocolate drink, Chucky. Chucky, what's that? Chucky. Chucky. Chucky, yeah, And this kid, all he drank was Chucky, 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 and all he wanted was Chucky, Chucky. And when it came to eat rice or vegetables, eh, he didn't want it. He just wanted Chucky, chocolate, Chucky drink. That's all he would drink because he, that's, all, that's all. And he'd just cry and he wouldn't eat anything else because he developed an appetite for that. So eventually, it might be hard, you know, if you've had a bad environment, you know, weaning the, the naughty child off the Chucky. But eventually, you've got to change the environment. And then uh, anybody will develop an appetite for what they're exposed to. We are all a product of our environment. So let's control the environment. Because out in the world, you can't control the environment. That's what's so annoying about the world. I mean, the world and the devil, they, he knows no boundaries. And he's always trying to come on your turf. You got billboards, and you got radio, and you got TV, and you got noise, and you got this person and that person, and they're all trying to, to usurp your authority or come in on your authority. Uh, so we can't control everything that goes on in the world. I mean, have you ever been out in the world for a day or done something for a day, and you come home, you just feel like you need a bath? You don't just need a physical, natural bath. You actually need a spiritual cleansing. It's dirty, it's nasty out there. So what am I saying? It's dirty enough out there, let's keep our homes clean. And heaven forbid that you have war in your own home, right? That's why we want to walk in love in our homes at all costs, right? It's bad enough out there, we don't want to have trouble in our own homes, right? Okay, praise the Lord. We're having a good time tonight, aren't we? Well, I think that's enough for tonight. Let's stand up. I think we've heard from the Lord tonight, haven't we? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to partake. Right? Use your will and use your words. Yeah, thank God. Thank you, Lord, for what you've taught us tonight, how you've helped us tonight, Thanks for putting some backbone in us tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, we're not of those who draw back. Thank you, Lord, we're not a bunch of sissies. Thank you, Lord, we're born again. We're children of God. Thank you, Lord, we're not touchy. Thank you, Lord, we're not fretful. Thank you, Lord, we're not emotionally led. Thank you, Lord, we're spirit-filled and we're spirit-led. Thank you, Lord, for calling us out of our nations, out of every nation. Thank you for making us your own people, Lord. Thank you for teaching us how to walk in the light, how to walk in the kingdom. Thank you for teaching us how to walk in your best tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, by your grace, we are getting better and 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 better. Thank you, Lord, we are not of those who draw back. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.